Hello everyone, and welcome to Canada Rent Sound of Play 180.
may not have been able to tell from that opening track, that was a little bit more peaceful. It's kind of the calm before the storm, so to speak. We are going through some more Super Smash Bros. music back in Sound of Play 160, 20 Sounds of Play back. A while ago now, we had our part one of our Super Smash Bros. special, and we are rounding that off with part two today. It was broken up by Sound of Play 170 in the middle, which was a uh, which fell on Halloween, and so it felt most appropriate to not plan anything special because those episodes always get a little weird. So we are picking up where we left off in Super Smash Bros. Brawl on the Wii, 2008's Super Smash Bros. Brawl, joining me, Ryan Hammond, to go through Super Smash Bros. Brawl through Ultimate, now that that's been released, is our good friend Darren Gargat. 180! That's um, a reference for the British listeners. <laughs> well, that uh, that first track that we heard today is called Snowman. That is arranged by Shogo Sakai, and it is an arrangement of a piece from Mother, the first game in the Earthbound series, which was localized as Earthbound Beginnings, I think. It was one of those real generic titles that probably has been a Batman movie at some point. I don't know. It's it's very nice. It's very peaceful, but it has a, a really good command of musical themes. I like it. Yeah. Whenever I hear this on the menus, more specifically, because sometimes Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. will just kick out a random track on the, on the menus. Mm, right. I don't know if you can set it to that or it's just a random thing that happens after a certain amount of time. But sometimes this track will come on and it would just be like, this is really nice. And like, I never really knew where it was from. And it's um it's obviously from a series I've never really uh, you know grew up with because over here in, in England and Europe, we didn't really see much or hear much of um, Earthbound or Mother. Um, the closest we got really, well, lately is the Wii U, you know, version of Earthbound, but I just love the vibe that game has. And I've tried the Earthbound game on the Wii U and it kind of fell off because it was a bit hard, but the whole vibe about it, it's just so nice and easygoing and friendly and fun. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like on it is like the staple Smash Brothers stage for me that, you know, yeah. with, with the little cars driving down the bottom, beep, beep and the shops <laughs> and the, oh. yeah. So yeah, a thumbs up for me from this track. Yeah, so moving now into another track from Brawl. This is the first of, uh, well, I guess you could say there's maybe too much Fire Emblem music today, which I think is a good association with Smash Bros in having Mm. too much Fire Emblem in it already. So (laughs) we're going to listen to a few Fire Emblem tracks. This is the first one uh, with Mila's Divine Protection, Celica Map 1. This is arranged by Noriyuki Iwadare from Fire Emblem Gaiden. And uh, it's got that great Spanish guitar thing, which whenever Smash Bros does, it it's always a real banger it's um we played a track from zelda 2 last time around and Mm. this one as well is uh yeah it just really really kicks it out it's a little bit more high energy than the previous track i mean it's a lot more high energy than the previous track and uh yeah it's just a a good battle piece of music
now to another Fire Emblem track. This is called Power Hungry Fool. Previous listeners to Sound of Play will know that I love myself a harpsichord track, and that's exactly what we get here. It has notes of insanity and desperation in this very fast-paced track that's led by really cool instruments, and uh, I just really like the way it sounds. This is arranged by Yoshito Hirano, originally from Fire Emblem Path of Radiance.
Darren, when we opened the call, you were kind of singing along to this next track here. Ah, uh, the Discord's got a, a, a thing where it just kind of it, it's no it. I'm there in the room and I just make noises by myself. It happened with the Mario Kart Game Boy Advance podcast we did on the regular Kane Rinse feed. And I was just, you know, narrating my game of Mario Kart Super Circuit to myself as I was playing it. I was swearing at the microphone because it's quite hard. And again, you caught me singing along to, well, this next track, which is yeah a series of bleeps and bloops, but they've managed to stitch it together. So it sounds incredible. And I, I'm, I'm a big Game & Watch fan, as in the character from Smash Brothers. And he, yeah, he's one of my favourites. Um, his, his new Final Smash, it, you know, they have changed it in such that if you get caught in the tentacles of the octopus, he just whisks you off the stage, which is a brilliant addition to the octopus. Yeah, as you mentioned, this is Flat Zone 2, arranged by Kenichi Okuma. I never really liked the Flat Zone music previous to this one because I felt like it was a little bit too bleepy and bloopy and didn't really hold together that well as a piece of music. But I think with this one, they kind of cracked the code and they added some more musical elements to it. Mm. They kind of cheat in a way, if you want to put it like that. It, like it isn't all bleepy and bloopy. There's quite a bit of like synthesized music to actually lend a little bit of a tune to it. But uh, I think that this one's cool and uh, definitely a step up from the previous Flat Zone music. So yeah, let's, uh, let's listen to Flat Zone 2. <laughs>
we're getting into 2014's Super Smash Bros. for 3DS and Wii U. Maybe the worst named game in the series, <laughs> but there we are. It is the uh, the fourth Smash Bros. game, which is uh, some... I, I don't know if it was intentional or just a joke that's been going around the community that it is technically Smash Bros. 4, Nintendo 3DS and Wii mm-hmm. U. And so that's kind of a clever little tie-in to the uh, numerology of the series. But again, may have been unintentional, especially since... English was not the uh, the language that this was first originally produced in. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's besides the point. This is the main theme called Menu on the soundtrack, composed by Junichi Nakatsuru. I can't get enough of this piece of music. This is an awesome track. Like, you know, the, the main theme to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is good, but I feel like it's never going to get better than the theme song for the Wii U version. Like, this song is totally kick-ass like it's um smash music is always kind of i guess melee on because smash 64 was kind of its own thing musically but melee on when they started doing these kind of big bombastic theme songs it's always kind of cycled between doing more like battle ready music and more like regal music with brawl kind of epitomizing the like regal music that wasn't that like battle appropriate whereas like something like um like this one is 100% battle not all that regal it's just you know it's just a kickass battle song and it's uh very intense hard to not get the uh the blood pumping during this one Darren do you uh do you where does this theme song stack up for you among the others no oh, yeah up there with the best of them it's absolutely incredible i think it kind of it ranks so highly because it's probably been my most played smash brothers game and that's purely because Mm. i got my brother into it and he was the most accessible human nearest to me at that point in life (laughs) probably about four years ago now so it was pre-baby i was desperate to get people into smash brothers you know i've got a few friends who played nintendo here and there but my brother was kind of he was there and available and it's just like hey how about we set up some game nights and play smash brothers and we we got the 3ds demo i think there was and we played it on the um i remember it really well it was a summer night and we were sitting on the wall in a garden you know what gardens like there's that little wall that links the two mm-hmm. you know in between the two houses we were just sitting on it just oh just absolutely just oh soaking it all in man i was so excited for this and yeah we ended up playing hundreds of hours of the wii version and a little bit of the 3ds one because it, i think we had access to that first yeah but this tune is just absolutely like i'm gonna add it to my playlist for running when i'm out on sunday because uh, yeah. it, it just it's just <laughs> off like that it just goes instantly and i know just listening to it you get the tingles down the back of your neck that this is an adrenaline based tune and it will get those um you know during a downtime during like about mile four i think i'll get this on and then it'll get the old adrenaline kicking <laughs> in and i'll be able to go through the next three miles yeah um yeah i love it is what i'm trying to say and uh, yeah have a listen
Thanks for coming back with some more Fire Emblem music. I think this is the last of it, actually. <laughs> it's not that bad. Um, this is called If Hitori Omuo. I have trouble with that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, this is composed by Hiroki Morishita. This is from Fire Emblem Fates, which was known as Fire Emblem If in, uh, in Japan. And this is the theme song to that game. I come to imagine, I think it's sung by one of the characters. I never played Fire Emblem Fates. So I, I don't know exactly the story behind it, but I, I think it is associated with one of the characters. And uh, it's nice. There is both an English and a Japanese version of the track in Smash Bros. And I always just kind of preferred the Japanese version because mm. kind of like the World of Light theme from uh, Smash uh, Smash Ultimate, I, I don't think the lyrics are that good. And the Japanese singing, since I don't understand the language, is less distracting in that way. Yeah. So in both of those tracks, I prefer listening to the Japanese version. And uh, I just think the um, Japanese singer has a really nice voice. I'm exactly the same, but with Ashley's theme from WarioWare. Oh, really? Yeah. We, we, uh, we, no, I love the English version because I think that the lyrics are so like... They are good. They're so on the nose and goofy that like mm. I don't mind that it's... And it's like kind of a cartoony game to begin with. And so the fact that they are describing exactly like the most basic things about the character is mm. kind of charming. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it does suit the cartoony nature of the series and the, yeah, the goofiness and the wackiness. But we, me and Gemma have got a very strong attachment to the Japanese version of WarioWare okay. touched. And oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. So um, I had uh, Smash Ultimate on. And I was going through all the music, like, how many tracks is there? Like, I think I'm nearing 900 now. And it's just like, unbelievable. And I, I was like, right, there's got to be WarioWare, sought by WarioWare. Oh, Ashley's theme, and I was playing it, and I was like, Jim, come in. <laughs> I stuck Ashley's theme Japanese on, and she was just like, well, that game's, you know, already paid for itself then, isn't it? I was like, yep, we can have that whenever we want. Just have a little <laughs> little merry time about the past, yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally get the Japanese versions of tracks being favourite, because there's a slight air of mystery to me about the Japanese language, yeah. and hearing it is uh, very um, eloquent, is the word. Yeah, lovely.
going next into another Spanish guitar piece. As we say, we never miss out on one of these when they come around. This is Dark Pits Theme by Matoy Sakuraba, uh, originally from Kid Icarus Uprising. And uh, Dark Pit is probably the least interesting addition to the Smash Bros. roster in Mm. all of history. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it comes along with some good music. I don't know. It's Sakurai's creation. So just kind of let him have his fun. He's done so much for the rest of us that I feel like it's fine to give him his chance to just have another pit in there. Reminds me of uh, Evil Cole from the PlayStation Smash Bros. game. It's like, okay, well, yeah, it's just Cole. a recolored version of the of the character that you've already got in the game. It takes very little effort to implement, so whatever. You go ahead, have for fun. Imagine you tried to explain people, like, people who don't play video games often or at all, trying to explain to people mm-hmm. what a dark pit or an evil coal is to someone. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, what have we become? But yeah, anyway, um, dark pit, it just reminds me of, yeah, um, the, the 3DS game, which is Nintendo went for a little run of making really good games that were hampered by their control scheme, and this is one of them. Mm. Um, I really liked Kid Icarus, Kid Icarus Uprising, excuse me, but the control scheme was so claw inducing you know you get that hand cramp on your free on your 3ds yeah. yeah it was um you had the stand but it didn't really alleviate alleviate any um any issues that i had but i i ended up sticking it on like 0.0 you know like smash brothers how labs mm-hmm. kind of you know that, that kind of slider of difficulty you have in these games because the kid icarus uprising menus are very similar to smash brothers because obviously designed by the same peoples and there's like a bit of you know um, continuity there so yeah put it all the way down to zero if you're struggling with kid icarus uprising if you've got it and haven't finished it and just look at the story look at the visuals look at how deep that story goes and it is a game worth playing and uh, yeah dark pit is some of the banter between the characters in that game is unrivaled, and Dark Pit plays a part of that. You should check it out.
from Kid Icarus Uprising. Well, a remix of it anyways. Which is uh, an interesting game. They turned a side-scrolling NES platformer into a successor of uh, the Sin and Punishment series. So there you go. (laughs) You know, I was thinking about this today that Sin and Punishment has more representation in Smash Ultimate than Rhythm Heaven does, which is ridiculous. Yeah, there's no uh, assist trophies or no stages or anything like Rhythm Heaven deserves a little bit better than it's gotten previously in Smash Bros. The the chorus kids are in there. They're waiting to be data mined. They're going to be found one day and you will have your moment. Yeah, that was uh, another casualty of the Grinch leak, unfortunately. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's go on to a song that actually wouldn't feel terribly out of place in a rhythm heaven. This is called Bubblegum KK. This is arranged by Atsuko Asahi and uh, originally from Animal Crossing. This is uh, one of uh, one of KK Slider's tracks, um, but a, a very, as they say, bubblegum pop version of it. Mm. It's uh, very different than most um, Animal Crossing music, but it's got a real energy to it, and it's just uh, a wacky song with silly noises. <laughs> so, why not? <laughs> Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> 
ago now, another, you know, we, we talked about how kick-ass the main themes from Smash Bros. games can be. And equally so, Smash Bros. for Wii U introduced the character of Pit as a playable fighter this time around instead of an assist trophy uh, from the Punch-Out! series. And it brought with them a ton of awesome Punch-Out! music. There's so many, like, there are at least three or four remixes of that main theme from Punch-Out! And this is my personal favorite of them. This one is just like amped up all the way and another great workout track like this one just like Indeed. makes you want to get fighting <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to put i'm gonna have to put this on my playlist as well because it is just yeah you can you can hear the bounce in the song so i'm ready for mm-hmm. this on uh during a run here and i love it it's powerful but it's like slow and so it's not like a like a fast powerful song like that has its own it's like a you know through the fire and the flames or something like this is a lot more reserved but with every slow step that it takes it just like hits like a truck and i love it it's called minor circuit arranged by koji hayama from punch out
getting into the DLC of Smash 3DS and Wii U. This is called Ryu Stage, arranged by Yoko Shimamura from Street Fighter 2. And I don't know how much really needs to be say, said about it. It's just a really nice uh, remix of the theme of Ryu from Street Fighter 2. It's uh, yeah, there's um, it starts off pretty basic, but then it kind of builds on itself and gives us some uh, some great Capcom music. Oh, man, like seeing Street Fighter characters in Smash Brothers is—it was such a mind blow for me. Like, it, it's—I <laughs> I couldn't believe they made it work. And for me, this is when I mm-hmm. knew like there were no limits on the series now, and where they go next yeah. in Ultimate, I don't really know. Well, you do a little bit with Persona Five and Joker, but um, yeah, seeing Ryu and you got Ken in Ultimate, and oh, I love—I love seeing—I love, love Street Fighter. I'm not very good at it, and I don't really get into it that much. But I got into four a lot. And but just hearing and seeing all the noises and it, it, Smash Brothers is just a museum. It's been said before, but seeing Ryu against Mario is just—it's weirder than seeing Mario versus Sonic. You know, it's just yeah, it embodies the spirit of Smash Brothers. Seeing Ryu fighting Mario on a Luigi mansion—it's just yeah, <laughs> amazing. Well, let's listen to Ryu stage from Smash 3DS and Wii U.
this is just a little thing that I thought I'd throw in there. One of the earlier tracks we played was the character select music from Smash 64. And uh, this is just a nice, uh, nice remix of that piece of music. It just kind of uses modern instruments to play that uh, classic tune. So for Smash Loyalists, this will be a fun one. This is called Results Display Screen, arranged by Hiroyuki Kawada for Smash 3DS and Wii U. to 2018's Super Smash Bros. Ultimate on the Nintendo Switch. This is the theme song, which actually doesn't appear in the game, which is strange. This was specifically created for E3 2018 and a lot of the promotional materials beforehand, but uh, yeah, it's not actually, it doesn't actually play on the title screen or in the opening movie or anything like that. It's a, it's a weird one, but obviously the the tune comes back many, many times throughout Smash Ultimate, and uh, like I said before, not as good as the Wii U 3DS theme song, but it's a uh, it's a very catchy song, has a good balance of uh, regality and just kick-ass battle music, mm. and uh, yeah, I don't know. Ever since I first heard it, I was like, "Yep, another good Smash Bros. theme." They did it again every single time. They seem to outdo the previous one. I mean, obviously this one didn't outdo the previous one, but it was a, a worthy successor, I would say. This is called Title E3 2018. <laughs> Thank you. 
listened to that music a lot in the lead up to uh, Smash Ultimate because I was very excited about that and kind of counting down the days for a long time. And so, yeah, that music always kind of got me in a good mood. I, I did the exact opposite and listened to nothing and heard nothing and just kept it all a secret until I got it on the release. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's go on to another original piece of music from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I wanted to highlight this to kind of demonstrate how much variety there is in the series. Uh, this is for the World of Light story mode, so to speak. This is called mm. The Dark Realm. It plays on one of the maps that you explore in that mode. It's composed by Ryo Hamamoto. And uh, I just, you know, it's a, it's a very like cinematic, emotional piece of music and it's very intense and it, you know, even though Smash Bros. music does take itself very seriously and I think it's part of like the joke of Smash Bros. is that it takes itself more seriously than That's I probably exactly should. exactly what I said when I took it around my brother's <laughs> house. I said to him, mm-hmm. can you believe this is this serious when you've got Mario yeah, and Kirby yeah. punching each other in the face? Like, look how serious they're treating this game. And my brother was just like, yeah, that's why I love it. Like, it's just so over the top, taken really seriously, but also somewhere there's a tongue poking in the cheek at the same time. Like, they know they know exactly <laughs> what they're doing. Like, yeah, let's amp this up to, you know, 19, but also it's a bit silly, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I like that they always kind of keep that balance. And uh, this this music represents the more self-serious side but unlike a lot of other games that take themselves too seriously it doesn't get annoying it feels like because you know they're in on the joke that uh it's okay that it takes itself this seriously and the the more that they build up the seriousness of it the funnier it is to kind of like tear it down with all the silly stuff that happens it's um so it's quite interesting mm. you put this before the tracks that you have done because the start of it reminds me of donkey kong country not to spoil the mm. next track or anything but right. the, the intro to this track and the way it leads into the rest of the song it reminds me of when donkey kong country games get a little bit dark and serious as well you know near the yeah, end and yeah. it's all kind of a bit moody and a bit the snow yeah, levels and stuff yeah exactly yeah there's there's a there's in my head, there's a little bit of connective tissue there, and seeing these two tracks on the, you know, on the document, it's just like, oh, maybe you've done that on purpose, but probably not, and it's just my ears hearing things. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, listening to the opening of this next track, it's uh, you can almost hear the um, the title music from Donkey Kong Country Two about ready to kick in mm-hmm. when you're seeing that uh, that full screen painting before booting up the game. So, yeah. Anyways, the Dark Realm from Smash Ultimate.
as you alluded to before, this next track is a Donkey Kong Country remix. This is uh, remixed by Ace. And this is called Gangplank Galleon with us uh, with King K. Rule coming to Smash Ultimate. <laughs> he needed to bring some of his music with him. Mm-hmm. And this is a uh, a great addition. I've I've always liked this track. I preferred the snaky shanty version from uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 in yeah. which you uh, you heard the tune but it was kind of like the entire tune, whereas this one feels like it starts playing that tune and then kind of like goes into something else. But uh, yeah, if if you're going to have Smash Bros. battle music, then this is the right choice of the two of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some interesting stuff in this track. There's like a rap verse at one point, which seems strange. Obviously, the Donkey Kong series is no stranger to weird rap verses, but unlike the Donkey Kong rap, this one is I don't think you're supposed to be able to understand the words and I don't know if they're even speaking in actual words. It's just kind of like nonsense syllables, unless it's another language in which I apologize for calling it nonsense <laughs> syllables. But I think that it's supposed to be kind of unintelligible because they don't like bring it to the to the foreground of the mix either. Like it's kind of mixed in the back. So I think it is just supposed to be like a mood setting piece. Obviously, I have a bit of a weakness for Donkey Kong Country 2 music, and they brought us a kick-ass uh, 
medley from Donkey Kong Country 2, so I had to feature it. This is called Crocodile Cacophony, which is one of the pieces that plays during this track, but there are many Donkey Kong Country 2 pieces that play, including the the map theme, which is my favorite piece of music from the entire series, and so I, I love that, and it's awesome to hear it reorchestrated. This mm. is arranged by Soshi Abe, and, uh, and uh, so, uh, Des, you did some testing on uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 on Game Boy Advance. Did, uh, yeah. How does this music strike you? <laughs> oh, honestly, like my memories of Donkey Kong Country 2 are <laughs> whenever you test a game, you like to purge all your memories of it after you're, after you're done with it. And not to say yeah. <laughs> I, I disliked my time with Donkey Kong Country 2 or, you know, or Saber Wolf or Grandpa the Ghoulies or anything, but there's just something in your brain that just goes, right, we're just, we're just going to forget everything that happened in the last four to six, you know, to eight to 12 to 16 weeks. I, I can't remember. I, I only remember because I played it recently because <laughs> I like to play Donkey Kong Country 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember Donkey Kong Country 2 music as well as I thought I could, despite playing it for potentially thousands of hours. It's a strange, it's a strange thing, the brain. But yeah, just in general, like hearing this kind of, ah, the the representation of DKC in Smash Brothers Ultimate went above and beyond expectations. I'm not going to spoil it for people because, you know, but K. Rool's, you know, King K. Rool's final smash is just a joy and the, the, the world of light does stuff that represents DKC very well. And I think they've added like, in Jungle Japes, the level, they've added like, they've always had the little... Is it the clap traps, the the the, the crocodiles that go mm-hmm. along the water? But if you get bitten by one now, it does that fantastic new like flash frame oh, yeah, of, the, of animation, the slow motion zoom in thing. That's right to signify that you're absolutely nailed. And like, when it first happened around my brother's house, he was like, "What happened there? What what, what was it?" Because it's such an impactful split second to to denote that you are about to like lose the game. Um, that it, it's just a mm-hmm. great. It's a great addition to the game, and I think not to, to make this a Smash Brothers Ultimate podcast, but they, they do a lot in that in this latest entry of the series to make the the fighting feel so much more satisfying, and um, the, like, I think the characters feel a bit weightier and faster, and they've got this, you know, this. It's not a final smash move, but it is like the finisher move, and it just really adds um, a kind of like a Street Fighter touch to the game, really, because in like Street Fighter Four and I guess Five, like when you do your super final special move on the final blow it does a really good amped up version of it and that is kind of this versions of or uh, this version of that yeah um but anyway yeah the dkc representation in ultimate as a rare fan is just unbelievable i I loved it
Moving now into some music originally from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, but kicked up and given a bit of a battle overhaul. This is called Cass's Theme. This is the traveling uh, instrumental performer that you would run across in the uh, Breath of the Wild. This is arranged by Yoko Shimamura, and it's... uh, it's cool. It's a good like battle accordion theme. So, you know, there are only like four or five new stages in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate because they'd focus most of their attention on bringing almost every stage from the mm. entire series history back. But uh, yeah, this is one of them. And uh, they had to bring some new music for the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild stage. So passes. theme. This next one is cool. Des, why don't you introduce this one? <laughs> so scrolling through this um, this document we do, you know, when we record these shows, you, you've listed a bunch of tracks have you, as, as you've heard so far. And I'm always a fan of F-Zero. I played most of World of Light as Captain Falcon, largely because I unlocked him relatively quickly and I was, I'm always competent with him. I'm always keen on F-Zero as a series because, you know, there's some great games in there and it's kind of been, a, you know, seemingly abandoned and it's kind of like we're all kind of dying for a new one. And then this popped up by um yeah um takenobu mitsu yoshi i'm sorry if i butchered that i'm not very good at these these awesome names you have um yeah and he seems to be the guy who done the daytona track so i was like okay mm-hmm. we're, we're listening to this before anything else and um it's just it's just uh, like it's just ridiculous it is it is a sega track through and through and you could imagine this in f-zero gx or you know basically um any sega game <laughs> it's just it reminds me of like you know, Sonic Adventures tracks where it's so heavily lyrical based, but also got an incredible pace behind it. But this one I actually really like, despite not really understanding much of what the guy's saying. But it doesn't matter because it's just so it's just so ludicrous and it fits that style. Like if you listen to it and you'll just understand that this is a Sega man making a track about a Nintendo game, uh, you know, uh, which is based on speed. And it just it just flows and it just took me off my, off my guard. I was just like, I was not, I haven't heard this in the game yet. And I was just absolutely blown away by it. And this, at this point I was on the sofa with my headphones on and Jim was like, what are you doing? And I just, I didn't realize what I was doing, but I was just like, just motioning on the sofa. Like, yep, this track's absolutely got me and I will be listening to it again and again and again. Much like most of F-Zero's music, 
It's just brilliant. from Mega Man 2, uh, introduced originally in Smash Wii U, but uh, given some more uh, musical accompaniment in Smash Ultimate. This is called Metal Man Stage by Yusuke Takahama. It's a good Mega Man remix. I don't know what else to say. It's, it's just, uh, yeah, a cool Mega Man remix. And we always like that around here.
we highlighted some Street Fighter 2 music before, and this is another track, again composed with some really cool instruments, and uh, just a, a really nice air of, of mystery to it. This is called Vega Stage. It is from Vega's theme, obviously, in Street Fighter 2, arranged by Yoko Shimamura. Yeah, this, um, this track, listening to it for the first time tonight, you know, as of recording, actually made little tears come out of my eyes. Is, mm. I've never really heard much of Street Fighter's music because when I do play, it's um you know it's with a friend and we've usually got a few beers on the go and traditionally we're quite you know loud and you know in, in our younger years in Street Fighter four years so I've never really heard much of Street Fighter's music but this one it just like listening to it tonight <laughs> I was just like yep I can see why people like this music because it is just absolutely heart melting and uh, yeah. Thanks for putting it in, man, because I've never heard that before really properly. I've heard snippets of it here and there. I don't know how. You know, I guess you'll catch a glimpse of it here and there. Can you glimpse music? I guess you can. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I listened to this in its for, in entirety uh, tonight before this recording, and it just just got me in the gut. You know, when music just gets you, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's why music's, you know, almost mm. as good as video games. And when you put the two together, it's just a match made in heaven. So yeah, thank you very much. to a piece of Castlevania music now. There was a 
huge amount of Castlevania music mm. in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and one Castlevania stage to play it on. And so I think they team just got really excited that they could start remixing Castlevania <laughs> music and just kind of went way overboard on that. But it's uh, it's cool. I'm never going to turn it down. Like I'm I'm glad that they included so much Castlevania music, even if you have very few instances to listen to it. Uh, this is called Starker Wicked Child, arranged by Hideki Sakamoto. This is kind of the... I, I'm not a massive fan of Castlevania. I like Symphony of the Night and the, the DS games and, you know, some of the later entries. The, the earlier games, I'm not... I get why they're, they're, you know, they're popular and people like them. Um, I tried Super Castlevania 4 and I didn't really gel with it because I thought it was going to be like Metro, Super Metroid. But mm-hmm. hearing all this music on one stage in Smash Bros. Ultimate is exactly the kind of representation I wanted from the Cloud stage, the Final Fantasy VII stage, but we've only got two tracks there. I just feel like, you know, I, I, I'm never going to say no to more music in this in this game, but I kind of wish they'd had the same, or they were allowed the same amount of, you know, license or, you know, free free reign with the series as they did, um, yeah, as Final Fantasy VII, a game that I'm not really overly fond of, but also, like, when you hear that music, like Midgar and, the, you know, the battle track and all that, you kind of think, oh, they could have done a lot more with, they could have done a Castlevania yeah. amount of work Final Fantasy VII, uh, what they already did. And it's a shame. But hey-ho, what are you going to do? It just it just highlights just how much and how good the Castlevania stuff is because that stage is... The way they've done those stairs is obviously a great representation of the series because Castlevania stairs go at a certain angle. <laughs> that sounds like a weird thing to say, but Castlevania has stairs and they're kind of iconic. So yeah, um, yeah, I love the cut. Like, that final smash in Ultimate is just brilliant. It just it just takes it's you away from the ones. whole yeah it takes you away from the whole fight and you just see this coffin go up and it gets whipped around and near the moon and yeah ah, the amount of love that goes into just minute details in this game is absolutely personified by you know the Castlevania um, stuff in this game. <laughs>
Moving back into first party now. This is the Wrecking Crew medley from Wrecking Crew. It's a nice, like, kind of cool jazz piece. This is arranged by Tetsuya Shibata. And uh, I've never played Wrecking Crew before, but um, it's nice to hear this kind of old school music kind of reinterpreted with a modern twist. Another game that I've never really played of Nintendo's past, but another game that kind of makes you think, there's no limits to Sakurai's madness. And um, yeah, Wrecking Crew is <laughs> like even people who don't really like Smash Brothers. I've heard it on podcasts. They go, I don't really get on with Smash Brothers as a fighting game, but man, the, the representation for games is just above and beyond. And they kind of want it for other games. And then they kind of highlight, yeah. they highlight Wrecking Crew as like, you know, the, the pinnacle of just like obscurity for the series. And uh, yeah, like... Just, uh, I'm sure it's got an urban champion reference in Smash Brothers somewhere, uh, like in a, in a, in the form of a spirit. Because there's like a, I mean, I unlocked an Eternal Darkness spirit the other night, and I was like, oh, that's the woman <laughs> from I've forgotten her name, mm-hmm. excuse me, um, but the, you know, the lady player character from Eternal Darkness. Like, I wasn't expecting her to be in there. Like, it's, yeah. it, and these spirits are just 2D kind of stickers, so to speak. But the fact that they even represent, you know, <laughs> that in Smash Brothers is is another testament to just how deep the well goes in the series. Last of the battle tracks that we're going to play today is called Light Plane. This is originally from Pilot Wings, and I just, I love, it's a, another very high-energy track. It's it's fun, it's bouncy, it's a good one to kind of go out on, even though we've got one more piece of music after this to wrap it all up. But uh, 
This was arranged by Noriyuki Iwadare. And uh, uh, Des, you've played more uh, more pilot wings than I have in the past. How does this stack up? Oh, man. This is just, yeah. Look, I love pilot wings. I love the snares and the N64 game for different reasons. Like, <laughs> the snares game feels like you're actually training for flight school. And the N64 game just feels like you're high as a kite, let's say. <laughs> yeah, and the 3DS game's pretty good. Uh, it gets good near the end when you unlock the more daring abilities like the squirrel suit and then it kind of ends and you're like, oh man, they should have gone from, you know, like Mario 3D Land, you complete it mm-hmm. and then you got to complete it again and that's where the real game starts. That's what 3D um, Pilot Wings Resort should have done. They should have gone, you know, oh, you finished it. How about the, the crazy stuff? Because that's what Pilot Wings feels like when you get out of it. But this tune mm. on that stage on the back of a plane with the... Like, as soon as I hear this track, you can hear the plane humming. You can hear the other tracks that kind of go before and after it. Like, you know, the the menu music. Like, you can hear things that are around this track in the SNES game. And you can kind of hear Tony or the other characters berating you for being rubbish. And just because when I was a kid, like, all I ever did in Pilot Wings mm-hmm. pretty much was just crash land the plane or, you know, rocket belt into the sea. And, you know, but yeah, this track... Absolutely love it. And um, yeah, I'm a big fan of pilots.
one track to listen to today. That brings us to, as of right now, the end of the Smash Bros. lineage. We've gone through the N64, through the Nintendo Switch games, and listened to a lot of music along the way. Thank you, everyone, who joined us on this journey together. And uh, we would like to encourage you to go over to our forum at canonrince.com forum or tweet us at canonrince, and you can request... Uh, any songs that you would like, any tracks from Smash Bros that we've missed, or tracks from other games that uh, you would like to have featured on a future episode, and we will do so. Um, please do uh, check out our other podcasts. Kane and Rinse uh, comes out on Mondays, and The Sauces Factory, which comes out on Fridays. And uh, we have a Patreon as well, uh, patreon.com slash Kane and Rinse. On uh, f- Future Sounds of Plays, you can hear me, Ryan Heyman, and on both Sound of Play and Ken Lorenz, you can hear Darren. So, Darren, thanks for joining us through this entire journey through Smash Bros. history. That's it. No more Smash Bros. games. This is the ultimate one. Um, <laughs> that's it. There's no more. So, yeah, yeah we, well, we got the DLC on the way still, mm. so my hope for Banjo remains. Mm. Yeah. Uh, anyways, let's listen to one final track. This is another original piece of music from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, this is called Golem Darkon, and this is uh, this plays towards the end of the story mode in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, the World of Light, and uh, it's just a really cool piece of music. Mm. It has some of that intensity that we played Smash Ultimate in with, and it um, it it brings back that uh, that Super Smash Bros. Ultimate theme song in a really cool and satisfying way, and it's just a nice way of kind of putting a bow on it all. But who names a Boss Galeem. Galeem. Well, it sounds yeah. like a Pokemon. Oh, Galeem <laughs> and Darkon. What is what? Oh. Oh. I mean, fair enough, it wasn't Master Hand and Crazy Hand, but they were there. At least they're the new end bosses, so to speak. But Galeem. That's just stringing out a word to make it have more syllables. Galeem. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, it's uh, it represents an exciting moment in the game. And uh, even if the naming is a little on the nose, it's I, I don't know. I still kind of enjoy it. So. Yeah. Let's let's go out on some more epic Smash Bros. music. This is Galeem Darkon from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. We'll see you next week at the regular show. Oh, yeah.